You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oskoki, they're working around to Wiggins. Andrew, the three ball. Andrew's locked in. Andrew's got 19. Wiggins kicks it out. Come on, Okogi. Yes! Are you kidding me? Josh Okogi finally able to hit Painter from downtown. It was, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's... um. You know, I was I was never never obviously good enough to to play at play at a level like this. Um, so that's uh, that's got to be the second best feeling is uh, walking in there and having that. And um, I love those guys in there. And it was it's it's just fun to win with them. It was fun. Like those guys were at his wedding. Yeah, most fantastic. of those guys were at his wedding. Yeah, it, was, it cool. was it was impossible not to be emotional about that scene, right? Yeah. Like, win or lose, it was still just, I mean, 32-year-old kid, best friends with his dad who's passed away, who was beloved here. It's just like, you would have to be the biggest Grinch of all time to be like, ah, who cares? Uh, The Wolves posted on their Twitter account, he was doing the same little neck ticks that his dad did, where he'd kind of do the little, I don't know how to explain it, if you watch Flip Saunders on the sidelines, he'd do these these little, like, neck ticks. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, Ryan either has those or just picked up on it, kind of watching his dad. There's something about the, like the crouch or something too that he does, like if he's standing yeah. up, sort of up the baseline a little bit, and yeah. then he sort of crouches down. Yeah, they have the same like mannerism. Does yeah, yeah. So we we plenty to get into on last night's Wolves game. Kevin Stefanski is back as offensive coordinator and a bunch of other things. Uh, but Judd, I think this is. Well, let's just take five minutes here. I want to provide 1500 ESPN listeners and Mackie and Judd listeners with an update on what's next for 1500 ESPN. And we, and we can spend the next few days talking about this more. I'll, my email address is pmackey at hbi.com if people have questions. But I know that since big changes were announced in August, you and I and everyone, and Manny and everyone here has been asked, rightfully so, okay, what's next? Now right. that Garage Logic's a podcast, now that uh, Royce is no longer on the radio on a regular basis, you guys are running... Stephen A. Smith on the radio and Will Kane and we hear you and you want more live and local. Starting next Tuesday, January 15th, we will expand our live and local content here on 1500. We're going to be live and local from noon until 7 o'clock on the radio. We're going to have an expanded menu of on-demand podcast and video content. And we're going to have a new name starting at noon next Tuesday. We will no longer be 1500 ESPN. Mm-hmm. We will say goodbye to the 1500 ESPN era. Mm-hmm. Pour one out. That's where you've been for the last eight years, where I've been for the last one, nine pour years. Pour one out. What are you talking about? Pour, okay, about, don't, five, pour about five out. Oh, I thought you said you weren't going to pour any out. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying I've, I've, it's been eight years. I'm going to pour about five out. How long were you at the Star Tribune? 20? Yeah, I started as a copy boy in 1989 and was there through 2010. So 2021. 20, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, t- time kind of flies, and I think, so in addition to us having a new name and, and expanding live and local content next Tuesday, starting at noon, and we're going to have more to unveil in that regard, too, as the days uh, count down to Tuesday, we're just going to have, I, th- I think if we're being self-aware here, we know that 
AM radio has its limitations, and it's up to us to expand beyond radio if we're going to reach you, the Minnesota sports fan. I mean, if you're listening right now, you're probably listening on radio, or maybe you're listening later on demand. But the beauty is there's a million ways to reach you now in 2019 compared to five years ago, 10 years ago. And we want to do a better job of taking advantage of those other ways to connect with you guys, Mm -hmm. the Minnesota sports fan out there. So that's our big picture plan, and we're going to start it. We're going to roll something out on Tuesday, January 15th. Uh, We've already been adding some awesome pieces to the team. Danny Cunningham, we brought over from ESPN Cleveland. He knows misery as a sports fan. Um, He's been covering the Wolves for us. He's been with Manny on the Raised by Wolves podcast. We brought over Seth Auger from the Timberwolves, from at Timberwolves social media. Uh, and we announced earlier this week Rami Maklov from the fan in Milwaukee, uh, who is also a Bears fan because he's from Chicago. So we just made fun he of him. He knows right now. Yes. Um, and so, again, my email address is pmackey at, at, well, at 1500ASPN.com or pmackey at HBI.com, whichever one you want to use. And we're super excited. I mean, I don't want to speak for no, everyone. I'm very excited. We're pumped to just roll something out and expand and do some stuff that's different and that's fresh around here. No, it, it'll be cool. And and keep in mind, too, we are keeping our or a website as well. Yes. So, so the coverage that you get on the Vikings from Collar, which is outstanding, or from Danny on the Wolves, all of that coverage will still be maintained as well. Yes. I, I would say the the... And again, we're going to have way more details between now and Tuesday, and we'll just kind of unveil things as we go, and we'll unveil everything on Tuesday. Um, But instead of AM radio being the single lifeboat that we're in, we're, hey, listen, we're in on radio. Don't get us wrong. But for all the people that are on social media, that that listen on demand, that are reading articles on the website or mobile app, we just want to be way more attentive to all the other ways in which Minnesota sports fans consume content in addition to what we do on the radio. And hopefully somebody wins some games, besides the Lynx, well, I should say. That's a lot to ask. One team, that's all I'm looking for. Okay, <laughs> just one team. I, I don't need all of them winning. Just one of the men's professional sports teams in this town wins some games. Oh, my gosh. Consistently. Uh, uh, well, last night, a team did win a game on the road without two of its best players. Derrick Rose was out. Covington was out. And T got ejected in the third quarter of that game. Andrew Wiggins maybe played his best game of the year. So speaking of Rami Maklov, who we introduced as part of the 1500 ESPN team um, and going forward here, we actually sat down with him uh, a little bit ago, right before the show. We we turned our microphones on and uh, we talked about last night's Wolves game and the first win for Ryan Saunders. Big win for the T-Wolves last night in the first game of the Ryan Saunders era and, and a lot to take out of this one, guys. You had Andrew Wiggins going for 40 in the double-double. That had to be good to see. But I think the, the the obvious place to start is with Ryan Saunders taking over as head coach. And guys, I just got here, but watching watching his post game press conference and interviews, the one on NBA TV with Isaiah Thomas and Chris Weber and those guys, I'm I'm new to this, but I'm rooting for that dude, man. And I, I'm just gonna go ahead and call him a kid because I'm 39 and he's what 30. Um, so I'm rooting for that kid. I really. I like Ryan Saunders. I don't know if he's a good basketball coach. I like the suit last night. I gotta yeah, be honest, he's got he already sharp. has head. Co- he's got a, a better suit game than Tom Thibodeau ever had. Well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a better fit for his suit. Yeah, exactly. Than Tom I was Thibodeau say body. Too, I think so. the Saunders look right. is a bit better. Yeah. But he just seems like a good dude, and obviously he he's he's cut from good cloth, which people around here obviously know as, as the son of Flip Saunders. So I'm I'm really hoping that. 
this this is something that we're going to see grow and develop and 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 the ball is just starting rolling when it comes to Ryan Saunders. The one thing that I loved was and and it, it is impossible not to root for this guy, this right. kid, but the one thing I loved was did you guys see how galvanized the players were? Yeah. And, and this goes back to okay, if what a lot of people say which is in 2019 this is a players league, players can win games. I mean, they need a system. They need structure. So mm-hmm. so it's certainly to the point where Ryan's going to have to do plenty of work. But players, once they get structure, can thrive. I just I love the fact that this guy is talking to Taj Gibson during, like, timeouts and stuff mm-hmm. about strategy. Can, well, you, imagine, can you imagine? I, and it might have been, Phil, it might have been Tibbs' closest confiding. Can you imagine a player coming up to Taj or to Tibbs during a game, throwing his arm around Tibbs and being like, hey, what do you think about this, coach? So that's, uh, the, and this doesn't just happen, you know, with the Timberwolves and Tom Thibodeau to Ryan Saunders. It's a, it, there's always, it's always a referendum on the former coach. When you start to listen to what players say in the wake of a firing and the way that the new coach communicates with the players. And I, I, I saw Jace Frederick. I saw multiple beat writers at this game last night making note of how Ryan Saunders is clapping and telling his players good job going back to the <laughs> sidelines as if this is a novel concept right. to like encourage young players and empower them. And Tom Thibodeau was completely averse to that. And if Ryan Saunders does nothing else the rest of his interim or long-term coaching career, the fact that he unlocked Andrew Wiggins, comatose, How'd you sleepwalking feel about that? zombie Andrew Wiggins, I felt awesome about it. Well, you and I have been having the same conversation, mostly me just banging my head into a wall and then you playing therapist. I can confirm that, yes. <laughs> right. That Andrew Wiggins needs the opposite of Tom Thibodeau if he has a chance to be right. unlocked long term. Now, right. I'm not that impressed with, like, the guy got motivated for one night. We've seen that a million times, right? But if Ryan Saunders is the Andrew Wiggins whisperer, and on a more regular basis, you see a guy, forget about the 40 points for a second. If on a more regular basis you see a guy grinding for rebounds in the paint on the road against Russell Westbrook, that's what you want to see. On nights where he does go 5 of 18 from the floor, which is every game pretty much, go grab nine rebounds. I just pulled this up on Basketball Reference. Wiggins is 23 years old. He's been in the league. This is his fifth year, I believe, now in the NBA. How many times, so he got 10 rebounds last night. How many times would you guys guess he's grabbed eight, eight or more rebounds in a game in his career? Oh, I'm going to go super low. I'll go probably about seven games. Yeah, the fact you're ridiculous. A- the fact you're asking the question means that something super oh, low. And crazy, it is for right? sure. Yeah, so, six. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Six. Wow. I was going to guess ten. And ten wow. is. Let's see here. Ten. Uh, it's one off of his career high. Actually, you know what? I might have done the search for. No, it is. I did the search for eight. It's six times. So and he, and eleven is his career high. He had ten last night. Okay. So here's my problem. I'm watching that game and seeing Saunders flourish and do great, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking this is like this is emotional, like it's really really right. cool, and you can tell he he's near tears at times. But then being Judd, I start to get mad because <laughs> I'm watching Wiggy play, and I'm like, okay, dude, I get the fact that you like this coach and that's awesome, right. but you are a number one overall draft pick. You are signed to a max contract. Like you shouldn't be going with. Well, you know, I was really playing hard tonight, so I'm actually mad because I'm saying, all right. Perhaps the stats that we saw last night aren't going to be repeatable every night. I completely get that. But the effort that we saw last night, the taking over the game because Cat's in foul trouble, all of that can be there. So I'm torn. In one sense, I'm emotional. I think this is really cool. It's fun to watch. But then when when it comes to Wiggy, I'm like, dude, 
Okay, right. you're the guy that got called into the principal's office, and now you're coming out with a great day at school or a great shift. Let's see this now. And if you have one bad game every 15, I get it. But let's now see this. Yeah, because it's... It's it's easy to come out and do that for one night, Judd, but let's see if let's see if this is something that can carry over because it's not it's not just Ryan Saunders. If you look around the NBA and around professional sports in general, there's always that new coach bump. And you guys you guys said they were they were galvanized last night. That was a that was a different T Wolves team than what we've seen throughout this season and for much of the Tom Thibodeau tenure. It looked like a bunch of guys who were happy to play the game of basketball and were enjoying being out on that court for once. So let's see if Ryan Saunders can really capture that and and make it something more permanent because we see this a lot with new head coaches. But going back to your point about Andrew Wiggins it would be one thing if for the last four seasons you could see the talent, you could see the energy, you could see the effort, but it just looked like he was in the wrong system or he was being used wrongly, and those certainly were problems. It was the wrong system, and he was being used wrongly by Tom Thibodeau, but that was also a different dude out there on that court last night, along with the rest of the team, but it was most noticeable with Andrew Wiggins that, like you said, there was that energy, there was that effort, there was that spirit from the guy who was the number one pick in the draft and signed a max contract. That should that should be the case no matter who is the coach. Okay, what happens if instead of Ryan Saunders walking into the locker room after the game and getting doused with water bottles, I mean, what happens if they attempt to do that to Tom Thibodeau? Not that they ever, I mean, the biggest indictment is that they never felt the desire to do that right. to Tom Thibodeau. Right? <laughs> right? Like at no like point it. do they say, let's rally Everybody around Tom Thibodeau. Everybody is in Des Moines today. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all going to the G-, G League. Y'all going to the G- I'm bringing everyone up from Des Moines. But like, the, the thing that bothered me the absolute most on a list of 100 things with Tom Thibodeau was this guy makes millions of dollars. He's doing what you would think is his life's passion for work yeah, on a daily basis. Job. Right? right? Yeah. He, in, in fact, he's foregone any semblance of a life outside of basketball. He's never been married, no kids. As far as we know, he's not in a relationship. Except with a Spalding basketball. <laughs> Did he live in a hotel out here? When he was the coach in Chicago, he lived in a hotel. He never even bothered getting a, an apartment or a house or anything. He lived in a hotel when he was the coach of the Bulls. Word is he did buy a condo, but downtown Minneapolis in some building where he could just take the Skyways. Skyway! Target Center. Skyway! Yeah. <laughs> I need the Skyway! But, but you, watch the t- you watch the successful Bulls run, and you watch the Timberwolves make a playoff run last year. It shouldn't feel that miserable. Right. You know, and, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't, there's no way for that not to rub off on the people that work around you and who work beneath you on a regular basis. If you're that miserable yep. and it, you're up by 30 points in the fourth quarter and you can't just sit down and crack a smile mm-hmm. and kick your legs out, that's, and you're setting a Carl terrible Anthony culture. off the court. <laughs> That's right. the most important thing. Sunday, yeah. Is take Carl Anthony Towns off the court when you're up by 30. Or They're four. up by 22 <laughs> right. on Sunday, and you yeah. still can't. So yesterday, I guess to, to tie this rambling point up, last night, and it, it's, a, it's a short-term sugar high, and, and we're going to find out if they can sustain this type of energy and this type of motivation once the newness of Ryan Saunders wears off. But it looked like everyone was having the most fun they've had in years on a basketball court last night. And they did it without two or three of their key players. They did it with Jeff Teague getting ejected in the third quarter. Um, it just like it, There's value in basketball and just having fun and having a great relationship with everybody, coaching staff and players. And that, that's the one sport, too. That's the one sport where you watch coaches now. And for the most part, most of them back off. Mm-hmm. They sit down. Players dominate, which is just fine. Right. But, I mean, if you watch Pop Coach, 
Pop's pretty la- pretty lax. Right. I mean, he gets mad w- once in a while, but there's a lot of times where Pop will just be sauntering around the sidelines. So to watch Tibbs, watching Tibbs was like watching a guy who was convinced that, that he was coaching a football team. The only problem was he was coaching a basketball <laughs> team. Right. So, yeah, I think this is just go- going to work from a standpoint for now of, oh, my God, no one's yelling. Sarich misses a key shot. Comes to the bench, and Ryan Saunders says, I'm going to put you back in, and you're going to make a big three. Like, think about that. And then right? he missed and, another one. Okay, but, but, but it seems there's so, always next game. But it seems so simple. But with this team, it was probably like, what? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm actually being told that something's going to work. And, and I will go back to this. I think it's very instructive and important that this kid is smart enough to realize that if uh, Taj Gibson or a Teague comes up and says, hey, I'm seeing something here or there, that you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll adjust, perhaps, as opposed to, you know, being all red-faced and upset and thinking to yourself, when's the steak coming next? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why hasn't the Woj bomb follow-up dropped yet? Doesn't, hasn't, doesn't Woj usually within 48 hours tell you everything about the firing and uh, the details behind the scenes? I don't think he's followed up. The guy up that with... fired him was in Florida and is probably as sequestered in his well, we did Well, we did find out some stuff from the article and The Athletic this morning. I don't know if you guys caught that, but one of the things that really rubbed ownership in the front office the wrong way about Tom Thibodeau was he didn't go to the annual lasagna dinner. <laughs> oh, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, he didn't go to the because he's a steak guy. He told him red meat. I want okay, red well, meat. Okay, explain the details. Well, the, every year the owner holds he holds a a lasagna dinner for the whole the whole organization, not just a team, but the whole organization. He has this big lasagna dinner, and it's something that he really loves and and cherishes, and and he's trying to you know engender a good working environment and 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 goodwill amongst amongst all his employees. And Tom Thibodeau just. Wanted nothing to do with it. Well, how long was this during? Was this in December? How long ago? It's, was it? I think it's every year they do this, and I think it's in early January. It would be hilarious. What, if, I wish I had the article up in front of me. I don't have it up in front of me right now. But he did. He wouldn't go to the lasagna dinner every year. Which is there an easier way to please your okay. boss than to go and eat free lasagna? But this is. Like, such, but this what? is such a Glenn thing. Glenn's like, well, we're losing basketball games. The players can't stand this guy. I mean, he he lied to me about. Butler, I can forgive all yeah. that, but the lasagna dinner. The way the, athle- the that SOB is going to blow off the lasagna dinner. The way the athletic <laughs> broke it down was was that there there were three major uh, hitches in in Tom Thibodeau's tenure as as a coach of the T Wolves. One was the way he related to players and and didn't always get the best out of guys like Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns. Two was his unwillingness to sort of market and be cooperative with the media and season ticket holders. And three was that own, the owner just started to get tired of his attitude, and a big part of it was that he wouldn't go to this lasagna dinner every year. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, hey, 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 maybe if it was in January and Tom Thibodeau was sticking to a New Year's resolution, maybe he's more of a salad guy. <laughs> he might be like me. But there's got to be a dinner he's salad. He's on a diet? He could have He's on a in. diet? He's trying to watch small portions. You can't do lasagna as a small portion. I don't know about you guys, but my three favorite kinds of food are Italian, Mexican, and free. So when you give me free lasagna, that's fusion <laughs> cuisine at its finest. You're bringing in the Tupperware? my three favorites. Boss, mind, mind if I take some of this home? Exactly. Oh, I'm the king of taking food By home. By the way, cold lasagna, underrated. Amazing. Cold lasagna, completely Amazing. underrated. Yeah. Love cold We're lasagna. Mackie and Judd, and that's Rami on 1500 ESPN. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. 
Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. This traffic update brought to you by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 35W southbound, we got a crash in Minneapolis uh, near Portland Avenue South. It's causing an eight-minute delay. And also, 494 westbound, we've got a traffic incident reported. Not really telling us what the incident is, but it is uh, located between Penn Avenue and Xerxes uh, in uh, Richfield. It's causing about a five-minute delay. Gentlemen? Westbrook for the lead. Leaves it short. Paul George, no. Wow. And the Timberwolves escape. Ryan Saunders, 1-0 in his NBA coaching career in a game that goes right down to the wire. Uh, you know what? It, 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 happened, it happened so fast, but my first thought was just... Um, was just proud of these guys. I mean, that was the main thing. You know, it's just a, it, it is a surreal moment. Uh, obviously, one that you know you don't necessarily ask for in the middle of the season to um, to come into a situation like this. Um, but so I, so I respect that. But uh, but it was a surreal moment um, for, for myself. Yeah, man, that was. We got a little dusty in the uh, Mackey living room last night at the end of that game. How could it not? Not gonna lie. But how could it not? That, that's yeah. my question. Like I'm a curmudgeon at times, but there's times where where you see stuff and you're just like, okay, that's gonna sort of make me start to tear up. He ran and his dad's that. favorite play to start the game, five fifty two twist, 552 right? Five fifty two twist. Yep. Yep. And Krasinski's piece on it is fantastic. Like his whole background of that play, which, which was the which was the play that Flip ran continually for Garnett, which is the first play. The, the Garnett game back that we watched down in Florida at spring training, yeah. that was the first play he ran for Garnett when KG came back here. Mm. Okay. Like, seriously. What happened point. on that play? Not on the KG play. Andrew Wiggins scored. He scored on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't. I because, of course, now he's the game. unstoppable. Dude, he, well, we've seen motivated Andrew Wiggins before, but it's not a, I don't think it's a hot take to say that that's the best game he's played in the NBA oh, by far. last night. He was, at one point, I'm watching... This was probably mid fourth quarter when it was just it was the Thunder were making their run and there was a someone from the Wolves missed a shot. It was like a Sharich missed three. And the rebound comes back out to the free throw line. And I saw three Thunder players wrestling, wrestling with one Wolves player. And I'm like mm-hmm. trying to sift through the carnage on my I was watching on my phone. Like, who's actually. that one player? Who is that? <laughs> who's fighting in there for a rebound tooth and nail like it's their last ever game in the NBA? Wait, what? Andrew Wiggins? You don't see that. He's always the guy loafing out five feet behind the three-point line trying to figure out if he should stay or go in transition. And last night, and it felt like the entire team was trying to win one, not only for Ryan, but Carl Anthony Towns tweeted out the video of the post-game locker room celebration, and his caption was... And he loves Ryan, but his caption was, this one's for Flip. So I think a lot of those guys felt like it was one for the family or one for, in the case of the guys who were around when Flip Saunders was around, let's win one for the family, let's win one for Flip now that Tibbs is gone. And But this is where, where business becomes involved, right? And you say to yourself, Andrew, you can't pick and choose because it's an emotional game. This goes back to his rookie year in Cleveland. It was a motivation game. No, dude, that's not how this works. You are being paid extremely well. And by the way... The frustrating thing in watching that, as we talked about, is the talent is there. The stat, you might not be, you're not going to put up 40 points a game. Completely get that. That's acceptable. No problem there, right? But you watch that performance and you're like, okay, that's repeatable. 
Yeah, there's a huge the efforts di- repeatable, and there's a huge difference. And this has been Andrew Wiggins' thing his whole career. There's a huge difference between motivational game guy and just motivational alarm clock goes off in the morning guy. Kobe Bryant was alarm clock goes off at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just motivated to kill everybody all day. Right? <laughs> yeah. LeBron James is alarm clock goes off in the just motivated career guy. So can Wiggins go from motivated game guy last night was awesome to motivated career guy where you get last night, maybe not 40 every night, but you get last night 73 times in a full season. And the big part about last night, too, was they needed that from him. They would not have won that game because you look at Carl Anthony Towns getting into foul trouble. Cat had, I think Cat picked up his fourth foul with like two or three minutes into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Cat had already picked up his fourth foul. Like, at that point, your best player has to get taken out of the game because he's in foul trouble. Wiggins stepping up and putting on that kind of performance was was huge, and that is the type of thing that they need him to do because there's going to be nights where Cat has a bad game or, like last night, he gets into foul trouble, and they're going to need Wiggins to step up and pick up some of the slack. Yeah, so we'll I guess we'll find out in due time if... It was just a pop-up, fun game, motivated game for Wiggins, or if Ryan Saunders is the Wiggins whisperer. Maybe he's the Wiggins whisperer. If that's the case, he'll get the job. If that's the case, he's got the job. Yeah. Like, if he can unlock that guy consistently, the search is over. Yes. And I have no clue if that's the case, but... Uh, let's. You've highlighted some some fun stuff from Johnny K's athletic article. Britt Robson, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Britt wrote about this. Uh, Johnny has a good piece, too, just kind of going through... Johnny's been on fire pretty much the whole season covering the Timberwolves. Yes. Uh, But if you, so we'll go through some fun details about one of the final nails in Tom Thibodeau's coffin that we alluded to earlier this hour with Rami. Uh, But if you have thoughts on the Ryan Saunders era or Andrew Wiggins' best game of his NBA career, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Tibbs was, I mean, he just he's not my cup of tea in terms of how I would want to be treated as a player. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like a little encouragement once in a while. And to have someone yelling, and I think, I think the players pretty much... Tune out a lot of the a lot of the yelling that Tibbs does. I think I think that, and, and I don't know that they were as unhappy with him as I think people make it out to be. I think that for for the most part they they played for each other and they and they, they had a good time. But the energy that Ryan brought to that game last night it was just a huge difference for me. And then seeing the interaction and seeing the players interact and seeing Ryan slap somebody in the butt and like give him a high five and um, you know it just. It just was fun, you know. It was, it was and my, my comment afterwards was the game, in a word for me, was joyful. You know, everybody was having fun. Yes, yes. Sing it, Jim. Think P. about that, though. It was joyful. That that's how miserable the Tibbs era was. Yes, that people are having fun, and you're like, this is great. Yes. Yeah, well, we're gonna in a second. We're gonna expand on one of the final nails in Tibbs's coffin, but. I think if you're making a, a list of five reasons, ten reasons why Tom Thibodeau is going to be making $20 million to sit on his couch the next couple of years, the word energy is so important in the NBA. Not only on the court in terms of how much energy are you bringing to a 48-minute game. Are you? I mean, in the regular season, too, the team with more energy 
oftentimes winds up winning the game because you just sort of overwhelm your opponent and you get to the basket more often. You get to the free throw line more often, right? Making shots is important too. So energy on the court is one thing, but I would say positive versus negative energy behind the scenes and on the bench and on the court. Every single time something started to go the wrong way for the Timberwolves, Tom Thibodeau threw a fit on the sidelines, was <laughs> was berating players, berating officials. And if you're a player, you look over there and there's this negative energy that you can't help but feel even from the other end of the court. And so at the very least, Ryan Saunders, and it might be that he turns out to be a flop as head coach. We're going to find out. But at the very least, he brought such a positive energy and an encouraging style to the bench. And that's super important. And you think about this, too. In football, if you're a hard-ass SOB, it works because it's 16 games, right? So, like, if something goes wrong on a punt and you melt down, well, of course you did because it's it's 16 games. Yeah. And you can't afford to say, well, we, we lost this game. But baseball, basketball, and hockey, you cannot treat like football, which Tibbs did. Like, there is no way that in game 37 at Target Center against the Boston Celtics, you can be clomping around the sidelines, yelling and screaming. People are going to be like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Well, his, well, let, this is a good transition because his lack of self-awareness was, well, he, his lack of self-awareness was astonishing. And if it wasn't lack of self-awareness, it was just a complete lack of caring at all. Maybe he was aware and just didn't care. And this anecdote from The Athletic that we touched on earlier, yes. but let's let's go through this. So Britt Robson of The Athletic wrote a lengthy piece about the ouster of Tibbs and, and sort of the things that led up to the ouster on Sunday. And this subsection of his column or story that he wrote is titled Infernal Internal Affairs. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to read you two paragraphs. Stories begin to emerge about how only certain people in the organization were allowed to enter Tibbs' office about how a vulnerable, media-friendly player like Jamal Crawford was encouraged to cut his interactions with the press because he was becoming too much of a spokesperson for the team, about how television analyst Jim Peterson was denied access to practices that might better inform and improve his communication with viewers. A very minor but revealing tidbit about Tibbs' approach concerns the lasagna dinner Taylor holds for the entire team at the end of every preseason training camp. It is a traditional feast that Flip and his coaches and players never failed to mention as being a much-anticipated checkpoint on the season calendar. For Taylor, the, the billionaire, however corny this sounds, it is a cherished get-together. According to a couple of reliable sources, Thibodeau has been a no-show at these gatherings. Every, is it annual? It's an annual, yes. So he's no-showed multiple at, times. At the end of every yes. training camp? At the end of every training camp. So they have this thing where they all, and and I mean, that is Taylor, right? Like, I, I could see this. You lost games, well, that's bad. You lost players, that that's bad. But when you didn't show up for the damn lasagna dinner, that was it. So it sounds sort of funny, but if you think about the whole, the two paragraphs I just read, like Jamal Crawford is one of the nicest, smartest, most professional people that we've ever dealt with on the show, right? Yeah, I, I would I would encourage him to be a spokesperson for exactly. my team. I would say I would say Jamal, I'm a bully pole. You're not. Be a spokesperson. <laughs> well, that would take self awareness. <laughs> it would. But the point being is a lasagna, a one night lasagna dinner was too much to attend. My God! And think oh. about this. So he, especially this year was under fire publicly, fans, media. The owner was on the record by that point. So that you're saying this is before the season, after training camp? Yes, this okay. is around the time that we know that Glenn knows he lied about Jimmy Butler. Yeah, so Glenn's not happy. So you're at work, okay? This might be weird because technically I'm the content director here, but like your boss is mad at you. 
and maybe on the verge of terminating your contract, and you know this to be the case, and he's throwing some gathering, you're going to blow it off? Like, wow. your job is at stake, yeah. and you're going to blow it off. But this so is... Wow. This is... It's it's so funny, though, because this is why he got fired from Chicago. It was the exact same thing. Everything that we heard when he got fired from the Bulls in 2015, everything we heard was the door, the door to his office was always closed. The communication, the relationship between him and Gar Foreman and John Paxson, the, the GM and president of basketball operations, there was no relationship there. There was no communicate. It was... It's like a carbon copy of how his time ended in Chicago. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But how do you treat basketball like this? Like, wouldn't just, and I'm not saying a lot, but wouldn't an iota of common sense kick in and say, this season goes forever. It's too long. There's 82 games. And then if you're fortunate, there's playoffs. Wouldn't something kick in to say, I'm wired way too tight here. I got to back off just a little bit. I'm not even yeah. saying you have to change yourself completely. But for this guy to treat everything like it was the end of the world, he's too, basically, I guarantee you, what Tibbs was thinking in his mind is, lasagna dinner, my behind, I'm busy. Yeah, I love the way Jim Peterson characterized it, because if, if, you know, and, and if you missed that interview, we're going we're gonna to play it back in the 5 o'clock hour. It's just Jim Pete being brilliant Jim Pete. And we know that those guys, him and Tom Thibodeau, did not see eye to eye, that access was perhaps restricted and he still characterized it as, you know, he's not really my cup of tea. Didn't throw him fully under the bus. But, I mean, and I and I, I don't vibe with people like that. People who live and die with every single possible thing. And they're just a roller coaster of emotions. I tend to life in situations as there's going to be some good. There's going to be some bad. And you probably shouldn't freak out when terrible things happen. You probably shouldn't get too high as if you're always going to ride high when good things happen. That dude, Tom Thibodeau was living and dying with every missed screen at the top of the key and every switch that was a half second or a split second too late was living and dying. Ryan Saunders sat on the bench for large portions of last night's game. That was the first thing I noticed. What a novel concept. The first tweet about the game last night was, Ryan Saunders is sitting down. Yeah, (laughs) right. But you think about that. How crazy is that that you consider this to be? I, I mean, I love the fact that Ryan is giving encouragement to his players, and Portia and Pete's like, this is fantastic. <laughs> Great job, Taj, pat on the back, you watch, as if it's revolutionary coaching. You watch other teams, right? And coaches, for the most part, are either being quiet, they might yell once in a while, encouraging players. And we had become so accustomed to this maniac just sitting there, or I'm sorry, standing there just screaming. Screaming his lungs out about everything. And the sad part about it is when they made the trade to get Jimmy Butler, we all thought, we all kind of knew after one year of Tibbs, we all kind of knew, okay, Tibbs is kind of the grumpy guy and he's always yelling and yelling at guys and just screaming out stuff and profanities and things like that. But he's going to trade for his guy, Jimmy Butler, who knows him better than anybody. And Jimmy's going to be kind of the filter. Jimmy's a really good player, but he's also going to be the filter to sort of you know, sort of drown out some of the bellowing from the sidelines and all that stuff. And Jimmy was going to be the guy that kind of put his arm around the young players. And Jimmy ended up being the total opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, the the other guy, I think, besides Andrew Wiggins, that and might, some of it might have just been because Derrick Rose was out, but Tyus Jones looked fantastic during portions of that game last night. He's been really good for the last couple of weeks. He's and And he's a flip guy. 
Mm-hmm. And a Ryan guy, so. Ryan, I think coached him a couple different years or for sure one year in the Vegas Summer League. At least one season. Or did they, maybe they missed the timeline there. But um, but I thought that was interesting to watch. There was one play in the fourth quarter where, uh, where Oklahoma City sort of overloaded their defense toward the top of the key. And I want to say there might have been a double screen set at the top of the key. And Tyus Jones kind of came around and Oklahoma City tried to, they tried to show hard, so to speak. And... And Sharich notices, oh, the back door's wide open, so he cuts from the other wing. Mm-hmm. And Tyus Jones saw this a couple seconds in advance. He knew that, oh, okay, if this defender shows high, it opens up the lane for Sharich to go in. And he yep. just waited for a second and threw a beautiful bounce pass in. thinking, God, that guy, Jeff Teague should not be playing. for. Uh, Jeff Teague probably has he some might not be much or something. Longer. Like, Tyus Jones should be playing he, 25 minutes a night. He might not be at this point. But you know what the incredible thing last night is, gents? Josh Okogie hits that huge shot. With Josh Okogie shooting trouble in that game up to that shot, there is no way on God's green earth that in Tibbs' world he's anywhere near that court last night to make that shot. on that play. So in Andrew Wiggins' best game of his professional basketball career, that play was the best play he made all night Mm -hmm. because he drove in. He already has 40 points in the game. He drives in, two defenders, and I feel like that's a spot where he goes up and gets throws up a prayer layup or something or gets rejected. No, he draws the defender, kicks it out to a Kogi to the right, totally catches a three. You're like, beautiful basketball. This is what you should be doing every night. Use your Winning athleticism. Plays. Get to the rim. Kick it out. Three. Teammates celebrate. We're totally different player now. Amazing. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic. It's brought to you by Consolidated Communications, a 494 westbound. Uh, we still have that traffic incident in Richfield between Penn Avenue and the Xerxes overpass. It's causing about a seven-minute delay. And also, Highway 10 westbound uh, near Arden Hills between 694 and Pryor Avenue. Got a crash there causing about an eight-minute delay. Give your business the power to do more with CCI Fiber Plus from Consolidated Communications. For data and internet, voice, managed and hosted, cloud and security services, go to consolidated.com. That's consolidated.com. Thank you, Manny. Uh, Jim Peterson, we're going to play that back in the 5 o'clock hour for those of you who, because he was on in the 3 o'clock hour, uh, with with Judd and Manny, and if you're just getting in your car, you're listening live, and you missed it, it's it's worth your time. Him talking about the Tom Thibodeau era coming to an end, and Ryan Saunders and the win last night. So we'll do that in about a half hour from now. Please tell me you guys saw Williams Astadio with the greatest home run pimp of all time in the Venezuelan Winter League last Fantastic. night. I'm looking at oh it right, my God. right now. I'm looking at, and you know what? He's, I he, love this guy. He hits a bomb down the left field line, and if go to the 1500 ESPN Twitter account, it's it was earlier this morning. <laughs> Seth posted it. I'm watching him come around third so base. He, he hits, he hits the ball a mile. <laughs> it's amazing. He hits the ball a mile, and he goes down, kind of like Adrian Beltre. He goes down to one knee, but instead of like going down to one knee because you swung so hard, he goes down to one knee and rests his hands on the top of the bat. <laughs> And stares at it and kind of lean. She's trying to lean it fair. Yeah, but he's just sitting in the batter's box. He's doing box. the Carlton Fisk, but he's doing it the lazy Carlton Fisk. <laughs> he's propping himself up with the bat, still in the batter's box, and the catcher standing right next to him. It's a bomb, and then he goes Kirk Gibson around the bases, but in his own, you know, 
chunky Williams Astadio way. Oh, it is amazing. <laughs> Celebrating coming around third base is the greatest because it takes him forever to get from third to home. Yes. Like he's just sitting there, yeah! It's like you might want to touch home plate, but no, that's fine. So I'm glad he hit this home run, and I hope that he makes the Twins 25-man roster. He's one of the most entertaining players we've seen in a Twins uniform in a long time. So just from an entertainment standpoint, we could use a little something at Target Field. It's been kind of a milk toast team for the but Eddie Rosario gives you a little something, but it's been kind of a milk toast group for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. So just let, let's bring in a little bit of fun, inject some fun. But I think, hear me out on this. The book Moneyball that came out in what two thousand one, Michael Lewis, and he opened this Pandora's box of market inefficiencies in baseball. What's the thing? Whether it was on base percentage back in the day or. I mean, outfield defense, what's the thing that you can get on the free agent market or in the draft for cheaper than all the other things? And for a while, back in the early 2000s, it was on-base percentage. Well, teams just teams are going for, uh, they're going for batting average, and they're going for home runs, and they're not paying enough attention to how often a guy gets on base and moves the chains. And the A's came in and said, ah, well, let's go get a bunch of guys like Scott Hatterberg off the scrap heap who get on base like machines and win 100 games, right? So th- then that probably evolved into uh, maybe uh, an outfield defense uh, market inefficiency and then probably some sort of analytics market Which inefficiency, right? the Rays actually started to use really well. Yep, yep. I think the current market inefficiency in baseball is the ability to simply put the ball in play. The ability to not strike out, the ability to make contact with the barrel of your bat and make them field a ground ball or catch a fly ball as often as possible. Make them screw up or at least give yourself the maximum number of chances for a baseball to land on grass and for you to get on base or for for the ball to go over the fence, right? It's a simple math game. If you go to the plate 600 times and I go to the plate 600 times and you strike out 200 and I only strike out 50, I have 150 more chances for something good to happen. Now, it's not going to happen 150 times that I get an extra hit, right? Right. But Williams Astadio has the lowest strikeout rate of any player in baseball, and he's only struck out like four times in the Venezuelan Winter League in 300 plate appearances, you look at his strikeout numbers in a league in which strikeouts have gone up year after year after year after year in embarrassing fashion, he has these throwback Joe DiMaggio-like low strikeout numbers. It's comical. Mm -hmm. So I think the Twins, whether they were aware of it or not, or they just found a guy and here he is, I think they've stumbled into or strategically have you know, brought themselves into the new market inefficiency, which is go find dudes who put the ball in play. I think he's a valuable player. I think he should be on the team. Plus, he's super fun to watch play. That too, yes. As you said, he's a character. Yes. I like it. And here, here's the, okay, so that that's the baseball side of things. How about this, too? If Ostadia plays enough, he's going to take off. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be fun. Like, you can market stuff. You create a drink. What would be in the Astadia? So, like, like you create a mixed drink, right? What would be in the Astadia with his name? With his, so you know you've got it, Herbex. Pineapple, right? pineapple would have to be in it, right? You got the big bloody Mary yeah. at Herbex with uh, you know hot dogs and pizza. What would be the? Astadia? I think it'd be a vodka pineapple with like seven beef sticks in it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> a little flare, a little yeah, energy. I like that. I, I like that idea. Yeah, something like that. But you could definitely market a drink for him, and it would sell. <laughs> and it'd be about $13, so you'd make a lot of money yeah. off of it. 2,400 plate appearances, 2,461 plate appearances in the minor leagues, and he struck out 81 times. Yeah. That's absurd. 
<laughs> Chris Davis struck out 81 times on a road trip last year for the Golden <laughs> Orioles. And <laughs> two games. Dude, so, so way back in the day, and this is also the answer to the most common question, well, why do games take longer now? Well, because hitters swung early and often, and pitchers didn't strike anybody out until about 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, so it was a lot easier to have these low strikeout numbers back in the day than it is right now, which makes Astadio more impressive in that regard, only that regard, than like a Joe DiMaggio who never struck out more than 36 times in a full season. But that's in an era where pitchers were just, like pitchers would kick their leg up and throw the ball right, over the plate. They were trying to strike right. over the plate. Right. So, I don't know. I think they've stumbled into something here. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Randy in Cottage Grove. Hey, yeah, Randy. Randy, what's up? Long time, Long time man. Well, it, it has been, and I, I, uh, what I, what I had to go through. Some people know I had a, a, a incident with a, a coworker, and when I had to, couldn't have my phone for a while. We'll just leave it at that. Couldn't make calls, but mm. now things are good. Glad to hear that. Things are better. Mm. By the way, that cocktail. Uh, I'd like to do a little workshopping of that. I could get back to you with some recipes on. On that one, I, I've I've named several drinks over the years, but um, named and but, have had, yeah. Well, cool. you can't make it up without trying that, you know, sampling the merchandise. True, have to say, but that's not why I called. Okay, here, here here's a little time for old Randy now to to go ahead and get back on my high horse and do a little what I call gloat. Uh, what were you guys doing last night at about a uh, little bit after midnight? I, I'm I'm guessing you were you were smoothing. Uh, yeah, that would be accurate for me. I can't speak okay. for my partner. Well, I I wasn't because I was breaking news. Did you happen to catch my uh, my tweet? Why don't you go ahead and look at my tweet? Right, hold on, let me uh, let me pull it up here. It's 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 at Randy Vikes sixty nine, right? Yeah, Randy for Vikes sixty nine. It's for because Jared Allen. Oh, course, that's what it's yeah. because, yeah, right? Of course, okay, it is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Randy. Why don't you go ahead and read what I said a little after midnight, several hours before Adam Schefter so-called broke oh. his news. Okay, I am reading this directly from Randy's Twitter account. Randy Vikes 69 Kevin Stefanski will stay here and be our offensive coordinator. Little typo there. You heard it here first. Welcome home, Jevin, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, so, that, so I was at the bar, okay? I was at the bar, but I was That's doing great. a little... A little Insiding, as they say, and uh, I, I went ahead and went with it. I, I had it on good, good, uh, good intelligence, and it looks like old Randy nailed another one. Okay, so what? At what point now are we going to start to give me some do? I nailed, I nailed our first round pick Hughes. I nailed now Stefanski sticking around. Okay, I got sources. Okay, I got sources, and I know people who know people, and it's not just it ain't just my gut. I didn't go with my gut. In fact, if I was going with my gut, I, I, I actually wanted Malarkey, but but that's that's a personal take. I think he's a, a a strong a strong kick-ass coordinator. But Stefanski will be fine. But point of the matter is, I broke it. Okay, so Schefter, why don't you go ahead and look at that timestamp? Okay, all these people want to say who's going to break what. The real news is broken after midnight. The real news is broken in whispers at watering holes, and I hang out at a lot of them, and I hear a lot of stuff. So just go, go ahead and keep your eyes peeled next time I got something to say. You might want to just go ahead and think twice before you think it, it ain't the truth, because it might just be. Go 
Uh, it, it is legitimate that 16 hours ago. When did that news? Because that, that news uh, came down this morning. This came down this morning, yeah. Schefter did break it this morning, or we thought he did. This tweet was sent by Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy Vikes 69 at 12.31 a.m. Okay. Kevin Stefan... <laughs> Kevin Stanansky. That's okay. I thought I see. I didn't even catch that the first time I read the Kevin tweet. Stanansky yeah. <laughs> will stay here and be our offensive coordinator. You heard it here first. Welcome home, Jevin. Well, the J is next to the K. And in, in fairness, and when your phone, so Randy small, was inciting at the bar, got completely drunk, and then tried to break the news. I'm fine with that. See the tweet before that? No, he quote tweeted uh, former Gopher quarterback and wide receiver Marquise uh, Gray. Marquis says, uh-oh, the coach hiring process uh, starting to heat up around the league. Who do you think will be the next Dolphins coach? And Randy quote tweets it and says, Mike McCartge. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. It's, clo- it's always close, guys. After yeah. the third beer, put the phone away. <laughs> Not Randy. Twitter. Not Randy. That's yeah. I got But congrats. He broke the news. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.